0: Good morning, church. Today we're reading from Deuteronomy um, 5, 12 to 15. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well with you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. This is the word of God. Thank you, Kezia. All right, good morning, church. You you guys get special kudos from Jesus for coming out. (laughs) It's not true. He loves you anyway, whether you're uh, viewing us um, via YouTube, streaming or here, um, you know, this, this hurricane, I think it's downgraded to a tropical storm. So we thank God for that. Nevertheless, people on the uh, East Coast, Montauk and Suffolk County, you know, I think they're really experiencing um, this, this, this hurricane. So let's pray for them. And uh, so so right now, you know, we've we've made the uh, last minute decision last night. Just you know, in the overabundance of caution, so that uh, uh, the uh, Limburg campus and Little Neck, uh, we stop those services. And those of you who are here, and most of us, most of our church actually will be streaming uh, today. So, want to welcome you. And um, another another thing before we begin, uh, just kind of a in-house family church matter. so uh, our Limber, Limbrook, uh campus pastor, uh, Stephen Leung, um, yeah, he's on his way to Kentucky right now. So he's driving through the storm because his father, um, you know, he's, he's battling a lot of health issues. He has Parkinson's disease. And uh, some of you know that he is uh, in hospice care and now he has COVID. It's really complicated. So there's a lot of burden on him and his wife, Vicki, and the family, as well as Pastor Leung's family. So I just want to, ask that you continue to lift him up in prayer. So we don't know how this week's going to go for him and for the family. But nevertheless, he is on his way. He left like, you know, 2, 3 in the morning last night. And it takes, I think, about 11 hours. So he's probably driving. So let's just uh, lift him up in prayer and and just, um yeah, you because know, who knows what's going to happen. So that's the kind of family in-house announcement that I want to share with you so that we can uh, think about our pastor here. Um. Today, uh, what I want to do, see, Pastor Leon was supposed to be here to preach, so, um, but now I'm here, and since I'm here, thank you, one person, thank you, since I'm here, two people, three people, thank you. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, last week, uh, I, I, you know, we're talking about a, the mini-series that I was doing at Little Night Campus, and we kind of closed out that, that series, and uh, so I figured since I'm here, why not close it out here as well, all right? So we've talked about emotional, healthy spirituality, and uh, and we talked about the wall last week, okay? Um, and But there's a follow-through message uh, about the Sabbath, and that's what we read in Deuteronomy 5. So I felt, felt it was very fitting to uh, share that message with you. And uh, so those of you who are at Little Knight Campus, you've heard this before. So I think it's good to hear it again. Amen? Amen. <laughs> we Amen. all need to be constantly reminded of the Sabbath, all right? So I'm going to do a, a small review, and there may be people tuning in and here who have not heard about uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and sort of the mini-series that I was able to give here uh, in those weeks that I was able to come during, uh, uh, during the summer. But, but basically, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality is a ministry by Pete Scazzaro in New Life Church. And again, it's been around for decades. I helped millions of people, uh, church leaders and myself in particular. And so basically, without going through all the details, he says the church is in trouble, all right, in, in different ways. Our spirituality is a mile long, and you remember the phrase, and an inch thick. So our maturity is not that, that, that deep. Because our emotional health is not very healthy. We may have broad knowledge of God, uh, but that doesn't translate to emotional health. And so that's what this ministry is all about. And so uh, uh, having said all that, I just want to su- uh, summarize a little bit of last week and continue that because there is a continuity there. Uh, we talked about the wall. shows this diagram in uh, EHS. Uh, shows this, the various stages of growth, okay? Stages one, two, and three is what churches do really well. We, uh, you know, God brings people to faith. They get baptized and start growing in the knowledge of God. They go to Bible studies, prayer meetings, and they're growing. And it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic time for anyone who is learning about God. And then they go to uh, start serving, all right? And we have a core team here, you know, 20, maybe 30 leadership leaders here that we're raising up, and, and you guys are doing the bulk of the work, and it's just fantastic to see how people want to engage in the physical and the ministry work of the church, and that's stage one, and two, one, two, and three. But this is what Cizarro teaches, which a lot of churches don't teach, is that no matter how spiritual you are or how many years you've been a follower of Jesus, you're going to hit the wall. And, that, and And if you want to know what that is, refer to last Sunday's message, And it is uh, very important because at least we can talk about the wall. You and I face it all the time. The question is, what are we going to do about it? And he said it, gave an alarming statistic. Remember, 85% of the people of God do not pass through the wall. And If you don't pass through the wall, that is significant. It's consequential because you may lose your faith. You may leave the church. Or you may just be stuck and just go through the motions. And God did not call you to be a follower of Jesus and give you heaven so that you can just be like a miserable robot. That's not, that's not the fulfillment of Christian life. The wall is God's blessing to you, believe it or not. And this EHS and scripture as a whole is, will show us how to break through the wall, not just like magically disappear or just climb the wall or go around the wall. Break through the wall, because after you break through one wall, you know what happens? There's another wall, (laughs) and after that, there's another wall, and you're going to keep getting walls so that you can be strengthened through suffering and trials, God sanctifies you. That's the gospel. You may not like it, but that's God's design for His people. So last week, in trying to apply this, uh, I mentioned Elijah. Elijah. I did a whole message on this, but I just want to summarize that Elijah was a good case. Because, again, if you look at the stages, uh, Elijah was an amazing prophet of God. And in stage three, he, you remember, remember—he um, one prophet of God versus 400 Baal prophets, and God just destroyed him. So, so it, was, it was fantastic. But remember, he hit her wall by the person of Jezebel. Remember? Boo. <laughs> anyway. Look at last week's message. Jezebel threatened his life. This man of God got scared, freaked out, and he hid. That was his wall. And remember, uh, how did he break through the wall? He looked He looked through the wind, the earthquake, and fire, looking to see how God is going to deliver him like the good old days, the good old time religion where you get revival and you're like, ah, oh, finally God has uh, come. But it didn't happen. Remember, it was in the... In the sweet and, and, and silent voice of God. It was in the wind, slow meditation. So essentially, in this diagram, Elijah got, went through the wall. And the way he did it wasn't through the wind and the earthquake and the, and the fantastic spiritual things. It was through solitude. It was through silence. And that's what we talked about last week. And what incidentally, what's interesting is after he broke through the wall, if you look at the journey inward, according to the diagram in stage six, it's the same thing as stage three. In other words, he started to serve again. And then when he got off the mountain, he went, and, but he served in a different way. And this is what I didn't show last time. Elijah went back home to, um, he was at Israel at that time. And what did he do? He reproduced himself. That is our value. He multiplied. Do you remember what he did? He, he trained and anointed Elisha. And so thus the ministry continued. But without that wall, he's a one-man show. He's all that. But after he went through the wall, God used him tremendously by replicating, multiplying. And that's what we're all about. But anyway, that's the summary of that. So last week I just established the need for silence and solitude as the means of not only breaking through the wall, but to be connected to God because he's going to get you through it. All right? Very important. Today, what I want to do is apply that principle, apply how God breaks us through that wall and this method. And he has given us uh, uh, this term and this special day called the Sabbath as a means, not just a you know, one-time thing but a regular means and habit so that you can constantly break through the walls that keep coming your way. That's what's going to produce this, this healthy and emotionally spiritual and emotional, and spiritual and emotional health coming together on, sab, on your Sabbath. And it's so essential. And so the heart of EHS ministry is teaching people of God to do what God told us to do which is to Sabbath, take a rest, all right? Now, before I go into this, let me tell you what Sabbath is not, all right? Sabbath is not an Old Testament thing. Yes, we read through in in Deuteronomy chapter 5, which is a second iteration in Exodus 20 in the law, you know, is not just an Old Testament legalistic thing, that you stop doing everything. If you know uh, our Jewish friends, I I grew up in, well, not grew up, but I was in Great Neck for a while, and boy, that town stops for Sabbath. You know what I mean? Which is nice, but that's not just for the Jews. It's not an Old Testament thing. It's not a legalistic thing. And for us Christians, the Sabbath is not just merely coming to church only. I've done my thing. That Sabbath enough. No, it's actually more than that. Another thing, Sabbath is not just taking time off and resting and stuff. It actually encompasses more than that. So then what is Sabbath? And according to EHS, uh, it's a very specific um, definition that EHS teaches, which is a 24-hour time frame. And, and, you know, this is debatable, but EHS teaches a 24-hour continuity, a time to rest in God, and there's a little, little, little uh, caveat there, without anxiety. <laughs> so even if you're resting and do all the things that EHS teaches, if you're not in the right place and if you're still anxious, you're not resting and you're not contemplating, you're not doing all the things that, it will, uh, that I'll show you. But it has to be without anxiety. So it's a tall order and it takes time, all right? Some of you get it. Some of you are still struggling to understand what Sabbath is. So let's dive a little bit into this and see what uh, we can learn today. So, what does Sabbath look like for the people of God? All right, for us here at our church, what does that look like? Is this coming Sunday? Yes, that's part of it. But there's four things that EHS teaches. Sabbath is this, and I'm going to talk briefly about all four. You, You you stop. Then, secondly, you rest. Thirdly, you delight. And fourthly, you contemplate. Uh, I'm sure there's more, but in essence, in those, if you have those four things and you apply that on your Sabbath, then then you're honored. God honors you and you honor God. And not only that, you'll know how to rest in Him and, and, you'll, and God will speak to you so that you'll be able to break through those walls. So Sabbath is is not just uh, just to chill, is it's a is a method so that you can continue your journey. That's what this is. All right. Number one, stop. What does that mean? Stop literally means we cease from work. And a lot of you you guys who work so hard on a week, you say, amen. (laughs) God told me not to work. I love it. All right. There you go. It's from the word of God. All right. Verse 13, six days you shall labor and do all your work. All right. All right. Um, but you know, there are people who, uh, work, who, uh, homemakers and people who, um, are paid and non-paid. It applies to everyone, not just people who have nine to five jobs. It's everyone, you know, you college students, you teenagers, it applies to you too. I don't have a job. Well, you know, you still have to (laughs) Sabbath. All right. So let's figure out what that is. All right. Again, if you're working and you know, uh, work by the hour, or you know how to clock in, clock out. You're, you totally understand what it means to stop from work, all right? Um, but, but let me go back and think about this. When God gave uh, this command to the Israelites, to the people of God, think about this. How long, okay, we talked about Joseph, remember? And he went through all these walls. And because of him, uh, Israel, all of Israel were uh, in Egypt. How long were they there? For a long time, 400 years. Okay. While, you know, after the days of Joseph, which was maybe, you know, probably a couple of decades. After he died, new pharaoh came. They didn't, he didn't know Joseph. And after that, it was horrible. And because they were so threatened, Egypt decided to uh, make them slaves because they were growing in numbers exponentially. So think about this. Israel went, or the people of God went to Egypt for 400 years. They were slaves for the majority of the time. And if you're a slave in Egypt, you you work seven days a week. You never rest. You never get paid vacation. You don't even, there there are no benefits. You grow up in this welfare system generationally. Not, there are no haves and haves and not haves. Anyway, there are no differences. Everybody is poor, except the Egyptians. So you work seven days a week without rest, and that's what slaves do. So I'm going to go back to Exodus chapter 5. When when, um, uh, Moses comes up and says, free these people, free my people, this is what the Pharaoh said. Verse 4, but the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? All right? So get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working? Pharaoh had no intentions to let free labor, if you will, and all the slaves go. It's like, this is ridiculous, all right? I got them under, you know, under my grasp. Make a long story short, God does his miracle, and the Egyptians had to let him go by force, and Israelites are free, right? Hallelujah. Now they're free people. What's interesting is, now Exodus 20 is when God gave the law, all right? As soon as they came out of Egypt at Mount Sinai. Now the whole generation, they died. That, and, and, and on the eve of getting to the promised land, the second generation rises up. And what happens? Second reiteration of the law, Deuteronomy chapter five, because the first law was destroyed because he was angry, right? In the second law, Yes, it's the same thing. If you do word by word between Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, all the Ten Commandments are pretty much literally similar. However, the context is huge. Context is different. Whereas the first uh, Exodus 20 is writing to those who had just got freed, all right? But they all died because they disobeyed. The, sec- the Deuteronomy 5, whose audience was this? These are for free people, They were no longer slaves. A whole generation went by, and now as they go into the promised land, Deuteronomy 5, or or the second iteration of the law, is given so that this is what you do as free people going to the land that I will give you, God says. This is what you do. Remember the Sabbath. Free people, what do they do? They stop from labor, and they sabbath. This is what they do. So let me just reiterate verse 15. Remember, (laughs) Moses says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. It's a command. And guess what? It's not necessarily just a law, but it is your freedom to do that. And free people get to Sabbath. So, Sabbath is a weekly rhythm that says, for us, clock out from the work that you got to do, whatever you do, if you're a student studying, if you're an athlete, or if you do whatever you do, one day out of the week, uh, take a break, all right, uh, and rest, stop what you're doing. That's, that's the first thing, stop what you're doing. So let me apply this. What do you need to stop doing and give it a rest, All right. If you're working, of course, you get it, you're, you're able to disconnect, and now we have to get back to our workplaces, right? <laughs> so, so there's a place you don't have to go anymore. So you get what, rest, what stopping from work is. But how about things that we regularly do? Those who, quote, are not working or not in that workplace or whatever, um, you know, and even if you're working, and you do stuff during the week, day in and day out, like a habit, all right? Um you know, before the internet and Netflix and streaming, there was a thing called TV. We would be glued to television, right? <laughs> I don't think people watch quote, TV, network TV or cable TV anymore, right? But we stream everything. Instagram, gaming, oops. <laughs> you know, we do all that, you know? Every generation has a vice. And we, whether, if you're not working, you're doing that, So you kind of think about your vices, what you're doing. Whatever it is, the Sabbath means if you're serious about getting connected with God, taking Sabbath seriously, it's like, stop doing those things, at least on that one day. Listen, God is not saying don't ever stop, you know, I mean, don't ever, you know, stream movies anymore. (laughs) Don't even stop playing video games or doing your hobbies. He's not saying don't do it. He just says, give it a rest on the Sabbath day. Can you do that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's a picture of my wife. Okay. Can we stop, you know, doing this on the Sabbath? Oh, you're getting very personal here. That's, that's what it's saying. It doesn't have to be work. It's, it's the things that we're consumed by. Can we just stop that for a, a, a Sabbath day? That's what he's asking you to do. And again, the things that we're, God is asking us to stop, they're not bad things. They're entertaining. They uh, help us pass time. They're informative. Uh, they may develop skills, you know, gaming. You can, you can be a millionaire. Amen, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, you can do all these kind of things. And, uh, and, it, and it's fun. But he's saying on the Sabbath, could you stop that? All right, so stop from work and from things that you do regularly. That's the whole point. Number two, rest. Rest is to recover. Man, that felt good. (laughs) See, for six days, you're inhaling. Energy, and then Sabbath, you get to... Wow, that felt so good. Man, that really does feel good. (laughs) All right, verse 14. What does verse 14 say? But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God on it. You shall not work. We said that. And all these people who belong to you, they should not work, right? Uh, All these female servants, male servants, that they may rest as well as you. Verse 14. So they may rest. They may exhale. Um, Again, I want to go back to the context. Israelites were slaves for 400 years. Slaves had to work. Pharaoh declared that if you do not work, and and, which means you never rest, if you don't work and you want to rest, you die. (laughs) I mean, if that that is the threat, you know what is rest? (laughs) You know, let's just work because we want to live. Contrast to that, uh, Moses saying, "Now you're free. You're free people. We don't." Get to, we don't just observe the Sabbath like a law. We get to Sabbath. In other words, Sabbath is a noun. We don't just do Sabbath because it's a thing, it's a law. It's not a noun. It is a noun, but not noun per se or completely. It is a verb. We get to Sabbath. <laughs> you have the privilege to exhale. You get the privilege to rest. That's God's gift to you, commandment number four. That contrast, I don't know if you've seen that before, but it's kind of important. Because again, Israel never rested because they will be threatened of death um, and because they're not freed and have the privilege to rest. And by the way, Pharaoh, the courts, all the Egyptians, they rested all the time. (laughs) Israelites never rested. Now, after Israel was free, they're invited and given that privilege to Sabbath in Deuteronomy, and they went to the new land. But here's the thing that just I don't understand, and you need to think about this, and maybe you need to think about this too. But when the Israelites got this privilege in the new land, you know what they did? They preferred to keep working. They preferred to not rest from their labor. Isn't that interesting? That's why the commandment number four, he says, remember. (laughs) Because they keep forgetting. They forgot that, you know, not too long ago, they were slaves. They desired rest. Now they have the privilege to rest. They're not resting. Why? Can anyone explain this to me? Not now. Tell me later. (laughs) Why do we have to be reminded to rest from our labors even though we're free to rest? That's an interesting question. For us, um, 21st century Christians, we don't have pharaohs over us. You may argue that your employers act like pharaohs. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) But guess what? We have laws. (laughs) You can sue them. So don't worry about that. America is a gracious country. We have a lot of laws to protect you. Labor unions, anyway, all that kind of stuff. So so that's not your excuse. (laughs) Your employer, not our church, of course, your employer cannot make you work without rest, all right? It's illegal. With this kind of freedom and protection, the question is now for the 21st century believers, why why aren't people resting? Christians, that is. In other words, not just for us. Why aren't Christians not sabbathing? Verb. Why is that? Hmm? Maybe you're, you know, in the '80s and '90s it was all about workaholics. You know, I was part of that generation. I'm still trying to detox from that disease of workaholism. As immigrants, like my parents and a lot of us here, you know, we work. What rest? We gotta survive. Do you know how expensive it is to live in Long Island? (laughs) You got to retire, you know, get money for retirement. You got to keep working. You got to hustle. Got to save up for a rainy day. And it's raining right now. (laughs) You know, Pastor Sven's basement got flooded. Oh, it's going to take some change, right? (laughs) But you took care of that. Thank God. But, you know, there are a lot of reasons why Christians don't Sabbath. Because we gotta survive or we gotta keep working, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And okay, those excuses may be fine, but there but 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 if you do a deeper dive into the psychology of why Christians don't Sabbath, even though we have been given this beautiful privilege by God. And I think that deeper issue of why we don't Sabbath is because there's an identity issue, all right? So when we do stuff, whether it's work. Amazing work, menial work, doesn't really matter. Or the hobbies that you do or whatever. What we've done was we have attached our identity to the things that we do. Hmm? Things that we do throughout the week. And it's hard to separate that. It's hard to stop. It's hard to give it up. Because if I do stop that, then my identity gets shot or something. So there's a deeper underlying issue why we don't Sabbath. And interesting is that, um, you know, with all the uh, responses, they could be very legitimate of why we can't Sabbath, all right? If we feel like we can't take a day off, maybe it shows that uh, uh, we are slaves. We voluntarily shackled ourselves. No one has forced us, by the way. God has freed us, but we shackled ourselves to the things that we feel like we need in this world, even though there are no pharaohs threatening us. That's that's why I don't understand. Do you understand? we got to think about this, church. Why do we have to be reminded to rest from our labors even though we're free? Again, I really think it's the inability, all right? Not only identity, but if we go a little deeper, it's this, it's this identity issue issue. Um, and ultimately turns to inability to trust God. It's like, I can't trust God. Um, First of all, to the degree you trust God, to the degree you can rest. Isn't that something? But if you don't trust God, you can't rest. You know, it's so easy to get extra work on Sunday or your rest day to do Uber that's very convenient, you know, get extra shifts, whatever, you know, and you have to miss out on Sabbath, okay, some of you have to work on Sunday, and I get it, but that's why I never said Sunday is your Sabbath, I say it's a a day out of the week, okay, 24-hour day, and whatever that day is, you have an opportunity to rest, but you fill it with other stuff, and that's your choice, okay, that's what I'm talking about. And if we're doing that, that means we don't trust God, that he can meet my financial needs, that he can meet, uh, that I can't rest. Otherwise, I don't know who I am, et cetera, et cetera. Mark 2, 27, Jesus said this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And Jesus summarized it very well. He said the Sabbath is a gift, God's privilege, gift and, and, and the privilege for you. God made it for you. The focus is not God, you know. God doesn't need Sabbath. You know, he did the seventh day rest so he can show us what we need to do. It's not that he's tired. He doesn't need Sabbath. We need rest. He he instituted that and he carved it out in the Ten Commandments for us. Michael Sleeth is a a, a physician and he talked about 24-7 and in his book about Sabbath. This is one sentence that I really love, and this is what he said. Sabbath is a day to transition from human doing to human being. You like that? That sentence in itself will preach, but <laughs> I love that. And, and resting, church, is what makes you a human being. It's what all the, all the you know, crazy things you have to deal with during the week, the walls that you have to face, you don't know what to do. God has given you a Sabbath so that we can process that. And you can uh, uh, attack it next week. Um, All right. Let me continue because it's going to go long. All right. Delight. All right. Delight. Do you think slaves in Israel love stomping on? This is from um, Charleston Heston's Ten Commandments. Remember that long? (laughs) You see the slaves just doing like this all day. (laughs) I don't know what they had to do, but they have to make stuff. Do you think they were delighting in their work? Absolutely not. They had no time to have fun, play. They had to work. They never rested. Even if they sang songs, it would only be in minor keys. You know what I mean? I mean, there was no time for delight. But, and this is the contrast. Uh, EHS teaches that part of your Sabbath is not just stopping stuff and resting. But while you are in your Sabbath you delight. And that is one of the benefits that you can receive in the Sabbath. And here's the thing. If you work really hard between Sundays or whatever those days are for your Sabbath, then you you look forward to that time of rest and stopping and, and and you delight in that time. That's the idea of Sabbath. That's God's idea. But here's how we interpret that. We actually are very extreme people. We do one or two things when it comes to uh, delighting in the Sabbath, all right? We either work, 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 work. I think there's a song called Work, Work, Work. <laughs> Believe me, you don't want me to rap that or sing it, all right? David Huang wanted me to rap this whole message, but it ain't going to happen. That's the only thing I'm going to give you. That's all we do. We, we either work, you know, and if you work all the time, you're going to be delight deficient. And I'm not, I don't want to be with you. I'm not going to visitation because you're going to be miserable. <laughs> How's your day? Because <laughs> you're working all the time. You know, your kids don't even know you're around because you're working. You got to hustle. All right. You don't even have time for yourself. That's why you're all grumpy and stuff, you know, because you're working. Or if you're not working, you're doing your hobby. And, you know, anyway, that's one extreme. Now here's another thing that's very interesting. The other extreme is that you delight, 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 delight all the time. I don't know if there's a song for that, but but that's the other extreme, and that's where our main uh, uh, mainstream culture is going. We are maybe we're so tired of working, we actually over delight on uh, consumption of what? Yeah, you know all that stuff, constantly. You don't know, even have time to sleep. <laughs> because you want your time and you're delighting in your gaming and your viewing stuff and whatever you're doing you're so constantly stimulated with dopamine right with endorphins here's the thing so when it comes to resting on sabbath guess what happens it's boring it's boring that's the problem over here you don't have time to sabbath but over here in Delight, when it's time to Sabbath, it's boring because <laughs> you got to be quiet. Constantly you've been stimulated. Now you got to stop this. You know, it's just like saying, oh, God, stop doing your cocaine and just kind of like get off of it. It's not that easy. You know what I mean? Not that you do that. Um, but that's what I'm seeing in our culture, actually. Not too much of that. Now, old schools like us, this is, you got to stop. But, but, you know, uh, maybe the 40, 30s below, this is the problem right here. There's so much delight. Um, Sabbath is not... Is, oh, I'm going to give you a series of negatives, so listen very carefully. Sabbath is not practiced, not because you can't have fun on the Sabbath. you get all those negatives? Let me repeat that again. Sabbath is not practiced, not because you can't have fun on the Sabbath. Sabbath, I don't even know how to make it positive, but but what I want to say is that Sabbath is not practiced. essentially because um, there's no delight. It's boring because you've already done your share of delight. And uh, when, it, when God says, give me 24 hours so I can just dote on you and love on you, you fall asleep. You know what I mean? You know, uh, in my generation, I'm only 30, I'm just kidding. In my generation, I grew up, I was, I was told growing up that Sabbath meant, and it's a very specific, it, was, it wasn't it was a verb, it was a noun. Sabbath meant you had to uh, read the Bible only. You had to listen to Christian music, you know, and I loved it. That's when Hosanna music and vineyard, oh, oh man. I love that stuff. But that's when uh, uh, that kind of music came on, so you're only allowed to listen to that. And back in the day, you had church all day. Some of you come early, but guess what? You're supposed to hang out, take a nap, and come back at 6 p.m. All the churches in the United States at the time, that's what uh, you do if you're a good Christian. Um, You're not supposed to do recreation. Softball, you get kicked out of the church. Ping pong, Oh gosh, you know what? You can't even watch a video. <laughs> Movies, are you crazy? You're supposed to just go home, take a nap and come and do more Jesus stuff. That was the Sabbath. So here's the thing: No wonder it's not attractive. And no wonder Sabbath is not a delight, because a church, in a uh, uh, traditional church in the last century, has made Sabbath so unattractive. It became a duty, right? So, of course, we're emptying out. We vote with our feet. Who wants to, like, be bored all day? You're, if you're a student, you're bored at school anyway, right? We're bored at workplaces. You got, you know, people doing uh, presentations and you're sleeping. <laughs> we get boredom all the time, you know? We don't want to add another day to get bored at church. So, church has made Sabbath so unattractive. Our culture, however, makes Sabbath... So boring, you know, because the culture has tempted us for the glitz and lights and the dopamine fix anytime you want at any day, time of day. Isn't that something? So our culture has made Sabbath dull also. Um, As a result, Christians, I'm talking about you and I, we are so delight deficient. Did you know that? We're delight deficient in God, in the deep things of God. we we love pleasure and delight and happiness. I mean, no one, everybody wants that. That's fine, but we're so consumed on saccharin. And you parents, you know, you know, you don't give sugar and junk food to your kids and all that, but you like kids don't. Do what I say, don't do what I do, and we're put, we're feeding junk. <laughs> we're feeding in saccharine and spiritual. So therefore, when it's time for Sabbath, which is real spiritual food, like deep, like meat, ooh, spiritual meat, theology, right? Deep things of God, we can't stomach it. <laughs> you know, if you've been on uh, McDonald's the whole time, you know, uh, Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. We we can't get hungry for the real substantive meal on the Sabbath. That's why Christians don't Sabbath. So, what if Sabbath at our church, and as you think about Sabbath, what if Sabbath is unboring, using the line from Ikea, okay? What if it's unboring, right? Right? What if you think about Sabbath in a different way? What if you realize that Sabbath is a most precious gift God has given you? So you can delight. I mean, you can have the most amazing experience on the Sabbath such that it's not a legal thing, but you get to Sabbath for 24 hours with God, with one another, and you really look forward to getting together. What if we could do that? I think we can. And that's one of the things that we're trying to create here. Once everything opens up and pandemic is no longer the pandemic, we could come together. We don't have to be fearful. Man, that's why I keep telling in our pastoral staff, we've got to have lunch here. <laughs> Amen. Cause you get hungry right now. Oh, I'm so hungry too. And you wanna you gonna spend your money over there. No, no, no. What if we come together, have a banquet, a feast every Sabbath day, not just to eat, but to, but to enjoy each other. And and yeah, you wanna go home, go ahead. But you're gonna miss a lot of fun, a lot of delight here, because we have people like you. <laughs> no, I mean. Think about it. Why has it got to be boring? Sorry for the grammar. (laughs) You know what I mean? It doesn't have to. And just enjoying one another. Because here's the thing. If you're working really hard on the week, which you should, then you're like, I can't wait to rest. I can't wait for my Sabbath day. Tomorrow's our, Monday's our Sabbath, our Sabbath. I can't wait. (laughs) This week's been particularly difficult because we have VBS and all that. We were here even Monday and all that. Boy, I am looking forward to tomorrow, right? <laughs> and we're not going to work. Don't call us, okay? Only Jesus could call us. You don't have to call us. We get to rest, man. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, that's revival time. But see, we can make it enjoyable, and we should. Lastly, contemplate God. This is that still, small voice that Elijah heard, okay? And this is where God speaks. Remember, God created Sabbath for us. We don't do Sabbath, all right? I'm sorry. When we don't do Sabbath, uh, in a sense, we violate um, our, in the image that God's created us into being. Because on the Sabbath, and think about this. He allows us to go crazy six days a week. I mean, some of you are so busy. Some of you are crazy, busy, doing nothing, but you're still distracted. Okay, that's fine. But Sabbath is a time or the way he made us in our image and creation narrative he said that's the day I want to connect with you I want to connect with you and I want to bless you i want to I want to dote on you I want to pour my spirit on you and I want to lift you up hmm? he says i want and let's meet together every week that's contemplation it's not just a day off but it's an intentional time to be with our creator and and, and here's something to take away is that it doesn't just have to be one day a Sabbath. Guess what? You can do this uh, uh, seven days a week. We call it quiet time. I don't like that language, but guess what? You can even make a Sabbath a portion out of your 24 hours. You can make a time daily and just be with Him, whether it be 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour before crazy things happen. That I mean, He gives us that privilege. You know, coming. That's why we want to emphasize when everything is okay. You Can I say must? I don't know. But we highly recommend, camera too that you come to church. <laughs> physically be here. You may not like people. I get it. But, but the reason why physically coming to a place of worship is important is because uh, in this community, uh, right now, it is a, actually a sacred time. And for some of you, I hope not a lot of you, This is the only time you have to connect with God. Hmm? I I don't know. Because you're so busy. You haven't had time to open your Bible. Maybe this is the only time you get to hear from God. That's why it's critical that you come at least, you know, when I'm preaching, 40 minutes, 50. I don't know. I'll try to cut it down. But at least 30 minutes, you and God, you guys can talk while Pastor Finn and others are yelling at you. No, you don't yell. I yell. Don't get Pastor Venu up here. <laughs> oh, <he's> C <here>, Sorry. <laughs> anyway, do you know what I mean? Whether you need get, to get yelled at or encouraged or make you laugh, you get to communion with God, at least for a certain amount of time. If that's the bare minimum, please at least do that. But boy, that's just the minimum. That's just the ground level. There's whole different way of enjoying God on the Sabbath, all right? Um, so I'm, I'm asking you, don't waste this time. This is, this is the, may, maybe the only solitude you have, but this is the only time you can break through the walls because it will come. I don't want you to be a statistic. I want you to, don't want you to be that 85% who never get through the wall. This is the secret This is what got Elijah out, got Joseph out. This is what's going to get us out through the wall so that we can thrive when everything uh, comes our way, all right? So uh, if the worship team can come, um, let me just say this last thing. When we come together, Holy Spirit is here. (laughs) And Holy Spirit uh, wants to meet and satisfy your soul, I hope you're tired of junk food, (laughs) tired of saccharin and sugar. You want some deep stuff of God. Holy Spirit's going to grant that to you, you know? When the worship uh, team chooses songs and stuff, maybe it was was the lyrics or words or, or melody that really gets your heart. God will use that here when we're together. The Word of God as you're hearing this, I don't know what you're hearing, but the Word of God is so powerful and active, He's going to pierce your soul in areas that you need to be broken in. That's what happens when we get together. And, and the, the benefit is that afterwards we get to have a community. We get to connect with one another because during the week we're disjointed. So there are a lot of benefits to come together. And this is a this is a must, I would say, for believers if you want to grow emotionally healthy and spiritually together. So let me pray. And church, I'm gonna, those of you here, let's rise. I want to bless you. Let me just pray. And we'll close out with um, uh, meditation of the song, and then we'll receive the benediction. Father, in Jesus' name, you are, you love us, and you have done, you know, you gave us the law, not just to bind us, but you gave us the law so that we could be, because we're free, that, so that you could, so we could live in that freedom. You want to help us thrive in this world that is difficult, that is hard, but you, you have shown us how we can delight in you, that we can rest, contemplate, and we can stop from our labor. What a privilege it is that we're no longer slaves. Help us to believe that. And those of us who constantly feel as though we are slaves to our habits, our jobs, our, our identity and things, I pray that even now, Holy Spirit, we just break those chains because that's not what's going to define us anymore. Help us, oh Holy Spirit, to come and free us. We are free. Free us from ourselves. Help us to commit to this day that we will Sabbath, whatever that looks like. Help us to rest, stop, contemplate, and delight. In Jesus' name we pray.